I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a -a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Bringing you insightful interviews from industry insiders across the arts, this is Dark Unicorn in Conversation. Hello. And welcome to Dark Unicorn in Conversation. For those of us who enjoyed the rich crop of 1990s UK sitcoms, my guest today is perhaps best known as Linda, the perky, increasingly manic gym instructor and lifeguard in the British Empire, which she was a core part of all through its six-year run on the BBC. With a career mixing major TV and film roles, a lot of stage, including 18 pantomime seasons, short films, teaching and non-arts work as a shiatsu practitioner for both people and horses, hers has been a full life and career to date. Her name is Jill Greenacre, and when she spoke to me from her home in Cornwall, we started by discussing the creative influences in her early life. Jill, was creativity a big part of your life and surroundings when you were growing up? Yes, because my parents were both in the amateur theatre group in Brundle, the village where I grew up in. So we were always involved in productions from the word go. Um, And also uh, my family were quite uh, staunch Methodists at that time. So we did a lot of drama within the church as well. So yes, definitely. A lot of creativity. Yeah. Uh, That's why I grew up in a household like that too. My father was at one point the Methodist president. So it was uh, in Ireland, but it was, yeah. So I know all about that sort of side of things. Um, And at what point did you realise that you were a performer? I always think it's sort of something you realise rather than something you choose. (laughs) Yes, it was doing um, a production of Toad of Toad Hall in the village. Um, I was probably about 13 perhaps I'm not exactly sure how old I was and I was playing Ratty which is a lovely lovely role and I was really enjoying it really really enjoying it and um I think I think somebody said to me then you could you could do this you could do this as a profession when you're older and and I just thought I, I could I could so it was planted then during Toad of Toad Hall as, as Ratty yeah and then you you carried on throughout your yeah, there was a wonderful teacher at school as well, at my school, Thorpe Grammar School, who, Mr White, in case he ever listens, he, he really believed in me and he really encouraged me and that made a huge difference to me as well. Yeah, so, yeah, I kind of knew it. And then, uh, like myself and my business partner, Eleanor, you studied 
theatre at the University of Wales in Aberystwyth. Um, but then after that, you went on to, to DSL, the Drama Studio London, to yes. pursue a more sort of concentratedly conservatoire style education. How important do you think that that sort of training is for anyone wanting to move into professional performance? I think it's good to have some professional training. I mean, that was really good training because it was a year long. It was for postgrads like me, mostly. And it was very intensive. And we spent a lot of time putting on productions, even if they weren't the whole thing. You know, we were always training to, to put on something. And, uh, and it was very disciplined. And we weren't allowed to be late. Um, if you were late to a class, you weren't allowed in. Um, and that was very good because, as you know, as an actor, you just you can't be late. Mm. And um, we were trained in all the different disciplines like any drama school, but very intensively because it was only a year. So it suited me immensely. I mean, I would have loved in retrospect to have like gone for RADA or something and done the whole three years when I was a bit younger. But that wasn't the choice that I made at the time, just due to most people saying, You've got to go to university like people yeah. often do so I didn't consider going to drama school for the full three years but in retrospect I would have done mm. and um, then what what how did, how did you get your equity card then at the far end of that what was oh, your, I, what, what did you move into next after that I was incredibly lucky because I got an agent at the end of drama school um, we were doing a, a lovely production of female transport and I was playing Pity, who's a, like, a, a simple character. It was a gorgeous part. And agents came to see those. They were at the New End Hampstead, if I remember. And um, I, I was phoned up. It was like a dream come true. The agent phoned me up and said, would I like to come in and meet him and took me on. So I was very, very, very lucky. And um, he introduced me to, what was his name? Parrot Face, I think his, was his nickname who did pantomimes, it was Parrotface Davies or something. He, he was a sort of celebrity um, entertainment, on the entertainment scene at that time, quite well known, and he cast pantomimes. So I went to his office, sang a song, <laughs> and maybe read something, and he found a pantomime for me in Hastings, being princess in Jack and the Beanstalk at the White Rock Pavilion, and I got my card like that. So very lucky, very lucky. Of course, you were in millions of living rooms for several years in the 90s as part of the core cast of the British Empire. How important a step was that for you? And, and, and how was the experience of being part of such a comparatively small team for quite a long time? Oh, it was wonderful. It's my you know, highlight of my life, really, in professionally, because being in a small team is fantastic because you're a family. And it's not just the cast, the crew were also part of that family and the director and the crew never really changed throughout all those years. Mm. So we became very, very, very close. And I, I loved it. I loved it. And also the characters developed over the years and the writers, they, we started with the two writers and other writers came in and they started to write for us and for our characters. So my character was quite small at the beginning and then it, she expanded and became more and more wacky and more out there as it went on because and they were gleaning things that from me um which they did to all of us which was really interesting being part of that process and yeah lovely um did you have a particularly favorite storyline oh i think the dolphin one <laughs> when <laughs> i'm protecting the, the the dolphin which turns out to be a shark <laughs> and uh, <laughs> Bring my animal rights and you know um, putting uh, um, the character of Tim in a chicken cage and 
<laughs> that was a lovely one. <laughs> do, you th- do you think that a sitcom like Buddha Sapphire would, would still have traction today if it were to be revived? Do you think that yeah. the appetites have changed at all? I, I think it would. And there, there's been a big movement called Bring Back Britas on Twitter and Facebook. Um, to, and there's lots of fans, bless them, trying to help bring it back. And I know things have been written, but not, not um, they, they were commissioned to be written, but mm. nothing has happened as far as we know. I suppose it's 30 years on nearly now. So I think it's still possible, but we'd all be obviously older. But there are ever so many ideas that you could do with us all coming back and being older. Uh, as long as it's centred around Mr. Britus, it's <laughs> really, um, you know, a writer's dream, I'd have thought. I know that there was a, a big sort of um, 20th anniversary reunion 2017, or 20th anniversary of the end. Yeah. Um, was there... Is there an appetite amongst the team to, to, to bring something back? Yes, I think just about everybody would love it to come back. Um, it would be brilliant for all our careers. Chris would love it himself. I mean, it'd be fantastic for him. And uh, it would just be such fun. It'd be just enormous fun. I think what's been interesting has been watching the, the various different directions that various people have taken who were part of that, that family and... and um, Obviously, you see Pippa in a whole variety of different things, and, and Harriet does a lot of stage and that sort of thing. And I think what was the the you know they've all but they've all taken something. There's some sort of kernel of what um, what made the way that they produce their characters come to life. You still see in in terms of their their, their process and that sort of thing. And I think um, what has been the most what what was the most important thing for you to take away from that whole from that those six years um i suppose that that's a good question i mean my i'm i'm very energetic and they they milk the fact that i'm athletic and gymnastic and um have huge enthusiasm so i i i think at drama school i'd been encouraged to play down myself and um but but i remember one particular tutor saying earlier on in drama school oh don't use your eyes so much and then another tutor later on said your eyes will be your forte and then of course in Britas there is a lot of eye acting really <laughs> you know the kind of Linda was you know so I suppose I learned to trust who I am and yeah. in, in using my own qualities in a character and there is a time for that and there's a time not for that but in that kind of style that was what that's why I was cast, basically. Do you think that there's... Uh, what sort of impact do you think such a close association with such an iconic series has on a, on a performer then coming out the far side of it? Because I think it's... it's Well, I've noticed this with you know, something like that, which was such a major part of I me. Mean, I remember, you know, in the 90s, it was... It, you, you didn't miss it, you know? It was, it was one of those things that you watched religiously every week because it was, it was such fun. And... I mean, everyone's had very different. Not, not, uh, not talking about in terms of of profile or style of thing, but everyone involved with that has gone on and done such a incredibly wide variety of very different things. Um, and there's always the. Uh, did, did did you find yourself worrying at any point that being associated with something like that could negatively impact, or was it always going to be a, a springboard for you to do the things that you wanted to do? I think it took a while for me to to be considered grown up after that because you can obviously get typecast as a certain character and I think it took 
I mean, I'm now a lot older and would be cast in completely different roles. So I think I think there's a there's a residue of playing a popular character like that for a long time when people maybe don't take you as seriously as they would have done had you had I been in in a you know a Shakespeare festival or something you know for a long long time. Um, yes. Keeping with the comedic, you mentioned you, the first thing your first, your first professional role was pantomime. You've done a lot of pantomime. Um, we've had a couple of other guests in this series. Um, uh, at the point of recording this, I'm not quite sure which order they're going to come out in. I think you're going to be quite upfront because you've got something coming up soon that we'd like to, to tell people about. Um, but we've spoken to uh, Kit Hasketh Harvey, who does panto every year in Guildford. Um, uh, another chap, wonderful young actor, Danny Rogers, son of Ted Rogers, who did three, two, one, and all that sort of thing, um, who does a lot of panto. What is it about panto? I'm sort of, I've been asking everybody about this. What is it about panto that you love? What brings you back to it? Well, it, it's a completely different style of theatre. Yet again, hmm. it is a style of its own, and as we know, you know, there there are conventions in pantomime. Uh, boys playing girls girls playing boys I mean that's much more common now but um that's tra ancient traditional comedia dell'arte type um acting and um it's Christmas it's always lovely to be working with a family again at Christmas there's something very very joyful about doing a pantomime at Christmas mm. and, and all that build up to Christmas and working with the kids there's always those of kids from the local community and um, and all, all their families as well so it's it's an enormous thing pantomime mm. it's not just the cast it's the whole thing and also I mean I was lucky to get them because it was on the back of Britas a lot of it because they like to have a name they can put on the poster um, and I very rarely say no to work. So if I'm offered a panto, I'll do it, you know? <laughs> and, I, and, I, and so I, I got into that thing when I was very lucky doing one every year for a long time. Um, and I was still in that bracket when I could play the princes and the princesses and the Dick Whittingtons and everything. Um, yeah. Something you'd go back to again if you were invited? Oh yes, I did one quite recently actually. I did mm. one at, at Horsham. Do I mean Horsham? Um, no, the capital. Yes, yes, yeah. that's what it was. Yes, and I was the fairy in Jack and the Beanstalk, Beautiful. working with a lovely director friend, Nick, who had, um, I'd worked with him on, on a Shakespeare at Stafford Castle years ago, and he invited me back to do pantomime, and it was lovely doing pantomime again, but as a fairy this time, yeah. Um, on top of all that, you've, you've done, as well as a lot, you know, sort of a lot of television and feature films and various shows, you've done a lot of short films as well. And, and I'm a big fan of a, of a short film. I love a short subject, um, uh, particularly within that genre. But what I suppose also generally, what, what will draw you to a subject if there's, I mean, I know you say you rarely say no to work, but the, uh, what is it that is likely to pique your interest? Oh, uh, a, a poignant story. Definitely a poignant story with meaning. Um, something now that would stretch me as well. Um, you know, I recently did one called Beached Whale and I played an, a, a, a lovely older woman. It was coming out film. So it was about two older women and it was beautiful. It was, they're often for students, the short films. And also my motivation is, you know, I'm very happy to, to help as it were, to be in the short student films. Also they can lead to all sorts of things. Um, so, I, I like I like to think you know it's it's it, if they like to have professional actors in their films that you'll just do your very 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 best for them. 
so that these films can go to festivals and help them along their careers. That's a, a, which is a, a remarkably helpful and lovely attitude um, because I know there are a lot of students who find it quite difficult to get professional actors who are prepared to take them seriously. Um, is it important to you to feel as though you're helping to invest in the, the incoming generation of, of performers as well? Yes, definitely. I mean, I, I actually um, am a tu uh, associate lecturer at Falmouth University in the drama department. So once a year I go and um, help uh, well, work um, with uh, film, I'd, uh, screen acting, screen mm -hmm. acting course. And I've done that for three years now and really, really enjoyed it. And got, you know, obviously got very involved in these up and coming beautiful young people. So, yeah. Uh, talking about film, of course, you relocated some time ago to Cornwall. Um, yeah, 20 years ago now, yes. Gosh. How important is it for you to, to be somewhere with that sort of slightly more open and relaxed pace of life and the, obviously there's incredible beauty around you as well? It is now, yeah. It took me a while to, to, to internally make the transition. <laughs> From, from, you know, busy London and being close to everything. But now I, I love it. And I, I can see the sea outside my window. I have horses, I have a dog, I have a daughter who's grown up now and she's now 19 and I have a lifestyle which is absolutely enviable really, I think. Yeah. Yeah. And you've mentioned the horses there. Obviously in addition to your continued um, work as an actor, you, you offer horse riding you do shiatsu for both people and yes i've done shiatsu for a long long time yeah um and are you are a yoga instructor as well yes, I, I can i can take a yoga class yeah i've done yoga for a long long time and i i, I can um share a yoga class yep how would you advise someone within the creative industries about keeping an eye on their on their mental as well as their physical health yes it's very it's really important it's really important to have other things outside your career um, one that you can also earn money from so that you're not totally dependent on acting and two to keep you level I mean I've, I've done transcendental meditation for 40 odd years and that's been an absolute lifeline so things like a meditation practice a yoga practice being out in the fresh air animals all things just to keep you mentally level and and, and happy the worst thing is being miserable because you're not working um, and it was easy, easier in London to fall into that, you yes. know, very much easier to fall into that in London. Yeah. Obviously, 2020 has thrown a spanner in the works of uh, all of us in the arts. Um, but you have a project which is um, just about to go live, don't you? Yes. Yes, I mean, I've got some fantastic agents, Audair Talent Management, who I absolutely adore and I'm so, so glad to be with. I joined them just before lockdown and they have been totally proactive and amazing. And obviously uh, Jamie, who runs it, um, got me the interview, got me. So I auditioned on Zoom um, and, uh, and was delighted to get the part. And it's all on Zoom. It's a theatre festival run by um, a project called The Space, which is a literal space in London, but has now become a virtual space because of COVID. And they've commissioned, I think it's eight playwriters. The Arts Council have funded it. So there's eight, like 20 minute pieces over two evenings. Um, and I'm in one of them and they're, they're written for Zoom. They're performed on Zoom. And it's a whole new genre. <laughs> it really is. <laughs> yeah. And um, what's the what's the name of your piece? Um, staring at a Nan Golden photo. 
very cool <laughs> title, isn't it? It's a great title. And this is broadcasting when? Friday, this Friday, the 31st of July at seven o'clock. You have to Google in space, uh, space.org, I think it is, and you book yourself a space to watch it if you want to watch it live. But I think it's available for the whole week afterwards as well to be, to, uh, you know, I think you, once again, you'd Google into the space mm. and um, you can watch it. I'm not exactly sure how that works, but I think it should be simple. And that's the, the space, that's the, 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 the art centre on the Isle of Dogs, is it? The ones where it normally yeah, is. That's yeah. right, okay. yeah. So there are 31st of July, once it live, and for a week afterwards. Uh, Jill, I suppose the last of my questions on this would be, what keeps you going? <laughs> I'm very, um, I love life, actually. I'm, I'm, I genuinely, I'm not just saying that to be naff. I do genuinely love life. And I, I love people and I love animals and I love nature and all those things keep me going. So I suppose I'm, I'm optimistic and, um, and, and focused and optimistic and um, yeah, happy. That's what keeps me going. <laughs> We've been asking all our guests, um, the, um, I think from the second one on, because one of the people who sadly was taken from us in 2020 was James Lipton over in New York, who founded Inside the Actors Studio. And he used to ask all the people that he interviewed before he would open up to public questions, he would ask them the same 10 questions, all right. uh, which he had stolen from somewhere on else. So we've sort of nicked them from him. So I, uh, um, I will ask you these. You can, you can answer them however you wish. <laughs> What's your favourite word? Favourite word? Hope. And your least favourite word? Can't. What turns you on? That's, don't take that necessarily in a particularly <laughs> seedy way. That's, uh, but what's, what excites you? What turns you on? Uh, nature. Nature. That's and what, what comes to me. And what turns you off? Um, being claustrophobic. What sound or noise do you love oh i love the whinny of my horse when he sees me coming it's a beautiful sound <laughs> and what sound or noise do you hate um traffic <laughs> uh what if any is your favorite swear word swear word i don't swear much um uh my favorite word i that's really interesting because I don't swear much at all because of my Methodist upbringing. Um, <laughs> if I want to be, if, um, if I'm angry, I'll say fuck because it means a lot. If I say that, that shows that I'm really angry, actually, because it's not something I say often. Yeah. <laughs> Impact over form. That's, I like that. What profession other than those you have already undertaken would you like to attempt? Other than those I've already done. Gosh, that's a good one. Um, well, I suppose I wouldn't mind being on the other side of the camera and um, doing editing. Because oh. I'm very fast. I can't do it. I've never done it. But I'm really fascinated by the whole skill of, and, and of editing and how that makes or breaks a film. Hmm. Yeah. And what profession would you not ever want to attempt? I wouldn't want to be an accountant. <laughs> <laughs> the worst thing possible <laughs> um whatever 
your um, your own beliefs may or may not be, if when the time comes you discover that actually heaven does exist, what would you like to hear said to you on arrival? Oh, I'd like to hear, well done. <laughs> yeah, you did well, you did good. <laughs> We've had a, um, two or three questions sent in to us. Um, Adele in Hampshire asks, is there a role that you have your eye on which you haven't had a chance to play yet? Oh, there's loads. I would love to do some really, really um, excellent Shakespeare roles, really. Mm. The older women in Shakespeare. I mean, there's so many, like, you know, the Queen in Hamlet or Paulina in The Winter's Tale or, you know, the older women in Shakespeare now because I'm of that age. I would love to have a go at those, yeah. Uh, there's the... Paulina is just such a wonderful character. I'm always so oh. anybody that gets to play. <laughs> uh, uh, Lucas and Kent asks, what is the most fulfilling thing you've done in your life and or career? Most fulfilling in my life and career? Gosh, that's a good question, isn't it? Uh, oh, goodness me. I suppose in my career it would have to be you know, being in Britas just as a as a, a whole thing, because it, it it is something to be in a major a major high profile drama. So that that is deeply fulfilling. In my life, oh, there are so many thing that springs to mind that that often comes to mind is I went to Australia when I was younger and went to Monkey Mire where the dolphins come in, and I had a beautiful encounter with a dolphin, um, which moved me forever this dolphin that came in to, to, to talk to me mm. so that that is always with me that that, that talk with you know the silent talk with the mm. dolphin yeah and finally natalie in south london asks who has had the greatest influence on you in my life yeah not career in my life my dad mm. my dad who sadly died a long time ago when he was only 58 but He's, he was my, and still is, my role model. You know, I will, if I don't know what to do, I think, well, what, what would dad have done? What would dad have said? So he's number one, yeah. Was there somebody in your career who had a particular influence on you? There's lots, but um, Dame Judi Dench is one in particular. I met her a couple of times and I deeply admire her. Mm -hmm. And she's so level-headed and fun and humble. Yes, and, and obviously brilliant, goes without saying, but yes, she's, she's extraordinary. Jill Greenacre, thank you so much for taking time to be with us today. <laughs> Dark Unicorn in Conversation was written, presented and edited by Paddy Cooper, who was today in conversation with Jill Greenacre. For more information on her show, visit space.org.uk. Title music was by Curtis Batson. Special thanks to the estate of Jody Lipton and the BBC. This was executive produced on behalf of Dark Unicorn Productions Limited by Eleanor Sturton. Hi, thank you so much for joining us for our series of virtual in-conversation events. We are incredibly grateful to all of the creatives and artists who shared their time, their wisdom and their experience with us. It's easy to ask in the face of a global pandemic, why do the arts matter? But the truth is that theatre is as old as civilization itself. It's a place where we learn, we explore, and we share our common humanity. It's a pressure valve for society, a safe space in which to explore dangerous ideas. And above all, it's entertaining. 
At Dark Unicorn Productions, we rely very heavily on the support of our wonderful patrons to continue our work. You can join them and become a patron of the arts yourself by joining our scheme, which starts at just £50 per year to become a rainbow unicorn. Be part of the Dark Unicorn family. Be part of the recovery and the future of theatre. Don't let the lights go out. Become a patron today. Thank you. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.